very blessed that you're in the house of the Lord today. And I'm excited about what God has got here for us today. Um, you know, we live in a um, we live in a very trying time. How many knows that? Amen. It's a very trying time. People's lives are challenged. Uh, are challenged with so many things, and we got to. Um, we we need to just turn to the Lord and, and, and let Him help us in everything. Everything we can, because folks. If, if it was not for the Lord, where, where would we be today? We'd, we'd be in a heap of trouble, I can tell you that right now. But uh, I'm just so thankful that, that you are here today. You didn't have to come. And I, I'm just glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. Um, I'm going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 2. The Matthew chapter 2. I have a few verses of scripture to read if you'll bear with me on it. Familiar scriptures this time of year. Now, when Jesus was born, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, the people together, he demanded of them, where Christ should be born. And they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written, <coughs> excuse me, by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had probably called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. He sent to them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come to worship him also. When he had heard the king, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great with exceedingly great joy. And when they were come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts. If I say gifts, yes. gold, frankincense, myrrh. And being warned of God, a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. Amen. Would you help me pray? Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. For your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Asking that you would touch today, God. Touch every life that's in this place, God. Every heart, every soul, God. That you would touch 
Bless your people today. Help us, God, to receive what you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Christmas is a wonderful time. Wonderful time of year. There's a lot of all humbug people out there that, that don't like Christmas for all kinds of various reasons. But I like it just for the simple fact that what is it really about? It is um, about the birth of Jesus coming to this world to be our Savior. Over the last several years, something terrible has happened. Um, somebody has stolen Christmas. Perhaps it was this guy. Maybe you'll recognize what I'm going to read to you. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's as empty. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between the two of you, I'll take the seasick crocodile. I have, um, That's what I figured they'd be telling me I could do this. But I got some of the films for it, but maybe I'll get there in a minute. I should have been on that piece. But nevertheless, uh, I told you last week I plan on doing a um, a series, not series necessarily, but just talking about different subjects. I always take I always take Christmas time and, and I take the, uh, I think this will work now. I'm trying to give you my title, this will work up there instead of just giving it to you. If it pops up, somebody tell me. I don't know what it will. Hey, here we go. Yeah, we don't want Cheryl, right? We don't want them. How about that? So today, I'm going to talk to you on this subject. Last week we talked about It's a Wonderful Life. Today, my subject is the Grinch, who stole Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas has been stolen. Anybody agree? Yeah. It's been stolen by commercialization, by greed, by trying to outdo somebody else. It's been replaced by shopping and game of uh, money. They get Christmas stuff out earlier and earlier every year. Our trees get put up earlier and earlier every year. I think our tree got put up this year, earlier as it's ever been put up. We bypass probably one of the best holidays there is, which is Thanksgiving. Just briefly have it one day, you know, and they even nowadays they fixed it 
or your Black Friday is now actually Thursday, you got to get to Walmart by six o'clock. You want to get all the deals, and so you can fight over the dollar twenty-five cent towels and all that stuff. And it has absolutely Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas has been stolen. But that's not what gift giving is all about. In the text that I read today, the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. Now, no doubt, if you study the history of it, we always put the wise men in the middle of the uh, um, the Christmas nativity and all that stuff. But most likely, the wise men could have come anywhere from um, time Jesus was two years old or down. We don't know. They may have showed up that day. According to scriptures, it said they found the young lad. We don't know. But it is nice to stick them in the nativity scene. It's pretty cool. But the main fact of the story of the wise men is the fact that they brought gifts to Jesus. And the gifts of the wise men uh, form the start of the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas time. No doubt that is where it's from. I know a lot of people want to fuss about Christmas and it has a lot of paganistic um, stuff in it and pagan started. I'm not even going to get into all that stuff. I don't care who started it. My opinion is if you celebrate Christmas for what its real meaning is all about, amen, it's about Jesus. Amen. And if you give gifts for the real reason, you know, it's, it's uh, not trying to outdo somebody, not trying to, you know what, but we've had some, the Christmas has been stolen. Giving things to others is a wonderful way to express how you what you appreciate, how you appreciate them. But if we're not careful, we'll end up uh, in the place where America's got today. Such pressure uh, to give. Now, honestly, you probably heard me say this many times every year at Christmas time, but one of the most memorable Christmases that I ever had was when my dad was laid off from the mines. And all mom and dad could give us that year was... Uh, Move out a few little trinkets. The, the big gift, you know, everybody's looking for the big gift, you know, was a $20 radio water clock. I had that thing for years and years and years. So finally, some kid tore it up and my heart was broken. Truth of the matter is, and we can just learn what this is about, uh, sometimes the greatest gift that you get could be something your kid has made given you, or your spouse, a letter that they wrote. And given to you or your child. But it seems like um, it, it's all about the giving and nothing about celebrating what this is really about the birth of Jesus. We have a lost art of what is said in Joshua 24 and 15 when he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is what it's about it's about serving Him. Christmas is about the fact that Jesus came that make it an easier way for you and I to serve him. And to be honest, most of us like to get gifts, don't we? We do. And we also should like to give them. Because of our desire to please others through, through gifts at Christmas, it has turned into a giant um, selling spree. Parents love to give to their children. 
They cannot afford to pay cash or write a check uh, out of their checking account or debit card, however you want to do it. But now they just go charge it. They get deeper debt than they've ever gotten. What do you think would please the Lord the most? Do you think the gifts that the wise men brought him or was it the fact that they came to worship him that counted the most? I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with buying Christmas gifts. No, not at all. Please, buy what you can afford. If you can't afford, make something. But I think the desire to give shows something about our heart. We can't be a branch and be stingy. Right? But I think is we do get things for others. We need to use common sense. Let me just give you a little economic lesson here. Use some common sense. Stay within your means. Stay within your budget. If you don't have a budget, get one. But we got to be focusing on the real meaning of Christmas and what it means to us as individuals. If we was to ask the young men and women and even the older ones possibly that is serving our country and fighting for our freedom at this time of the year and any time of the year in other countries, what they would want most for Christmas, I'm sure they would not give you a list of gifts that they want. I'm pretty sure that most of them would just simply say, I, I want I want more than anything is to be home with my parents, my wife, my husband, my kids, etc. We must ask the thousands of kids that are left in orphanages all across our country that's abandoned. I'm sure that they would tell you uh, more than the, the iPad or the iPhone or, or the next gadget that's out. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, face, the crazy face toy is this year. I don't have no idea or gadget. But I bet what they would really like to have is just a real home with a loving family more than any gift that there is. We can give to those around us many things this Christmas, but none of them even come close to love. To give love. To merely being around the people that we love and sharing with them. You see, our presence is probably the best gift that we can give to anyone to whom we love and to whom we treasure. It's just us. No doubt most of us are familiar with Dr. Seuss and, and how the Grinch sold Christmas. And if you're like me, it probably was one of your highlights as a child. Uh, either you get the Dr. Seuss classic book out and, and read it, or perhaps you uh, you always look forward to this time when you've, you've tried to find out when it was aired on TV and you could watch the classic cartoon, or, or maybe you're... Uh, the Jim Carrey one. I think they may even have a new one coming out nowadays, but I want to concentrate on the classic book itself today. The fact that this time it's a, it's a classic that millions of people have enjoyed. And, and uh, uh, no doubt you've heard it, you've seen it, and you've probably read it. Maybe it's been read to you, you've read it to your kids. But I want to talk about this Grinch who's so Christmas focused. Everyone in Whoville loved Christmas. Everyone that is except the Grinch. The Grinch hated Christmas and 
and made up a plan to spoil the joy of Christmas in Whoville. His plan was to dress up as Santa Claus and go into Whoville and steal all their Christmas presents, all their Christmas trees, and even the food for their Christmas dinners. Do you know why the Grinch hated Christmas so much? Do you know why? Anybody remember the story? The quote the book, the Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be that perhaps his shoes were too tight. It could be that his head was screwed on just right, wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that most likely the reason all may have been the most likely reason of all that his heart was two sizes too small. According to the story, it was because his heart was too small. I say heart. I hope and pray that none of us would have a heart today that's too small. As a child of God, we need to ask ourselves, is my heart growing larger as I mature as a born-again Christian? Is my heart getting bigger? Today, I'm not meant for this just to be a funny little sermon I've got here. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to us today about something important. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your heart. Everybody say the heart. We hear the terminology, have you given your heart to the Lord? Right? Because after all, the Grinch, the reason that he wanted to steal Christmas was because his heart for the Donnie was too small. And what's wrong with some of us in here today, our heart's so small. Maybe it's not the fact that it's so small, that it's so cluttered with everything else, there's no room for Jesus to be inside of our heart. You see, because the heart, the heart is... According to a biblical standard, if you look at it in the Word of God, when you, uh, Sister Jerry, you look at what the word heart means, it is the center of our emotions and feelings. That's what the heart is. It's the center of your emotions and feelings. Is it uh, God's? Is it big enough for Jesus to live on the inside of it? The heart, biblically speaking, is the center of man's life. It's our rational Nature. So when the Bible uses the word heart, the proper synonym for it would be will. What is your will? Is your will for God or is your will for something else? Is your will for joy and happiness or is your will for uh, for uh, hatred and unforgiveness? Is, what, what is your heart saying about you? Is your heart too small? That's why the Bible talks about the heart. And it talks about how the heart in Esther, it can presume. In, in the book of 1 Corinthians, it says our heart can stand fast. In the, Romans 6.17, it says our heart can obey. In Deuteronomy 29 and 4, it says our heart can perceive. In Isaiah 44 and 18, it says our heart can understand. In Luke 2 and 19, it says that the heart can ponder. It says the heart in 1 Timothy 4 and 5, the heart can also experience love. In Leviticus 19 and 17, it says the heart can experience joy. In Isaiah 65 and 14, it says the heart can have joy inside of it. In Proverbs 12 and 25, it says the heart can have heaviness. Ecclesiastes 2 and 20 says the 
that the heart can despair. In Romans 1 and 21, it says it can be darkened. In Isaiah 63 and 17, it says it can be hardened. The heart is the center of our emotions today. It is very important that our heart is given to God, that our heart is large enough and that we have enough room inside of our heart that Jesus can live on the inside of our heart. Because if Christmas uh, and the meaning of Jesus, period, is going to be stolen from our life, it's going to be stolen based on what our heart is doing. There's no wonder that the writer of Proverbs uh, said in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're thinking, Whatever your emotions, your will, what you put yourself to and you give yourself to, that is what your heart is going to be given to. A large part of the heart's condition will be determined by our choices and our reactions to Jesus, our choices and our reactions to people and our circumstances that is around us. When God confronts our sins, do, do we have a tendency to let our, our heart be soft and tender where we can be repentant? Or do we get hypocritical? Uh, we get a hypocritical heart that rejects God and rejects people and it pushes people away. And when you hear preaching, do you do you have a heart that's that's willing to be obedient and, and, and plans to uh, uh, let the truth of God get inside of your life and change you? Or, or, or our, our, our heart, does it begin to, to kind of find new ideals or, or, or just uh, uh, find something else to enjoy or get in their lives? There's a grinch that's trying to steal our Christmas, our lives away from us today. And that's the reason people remain in bondage and they, they refuse to make a permanent change in their life, in their actions, which determines their heart's desire. What is your heart's desire today? What is your heart long for? You, you, you've had loved ones that's been away from you or, or loved ones that's hurt you and loved ones that's walked away from you or, or, or people who's passed away and you literally feel like something on the inside of you and we call it our heart that is hurting and breaking and coming in two. Your kids go out and, and walk away or your spouse walks away from you and, and you literally feel like something on the inside of you is hurting and empty and broken. What do we say? They have a broken heart. We're not talking about the beating heart on the inside of us, but we're, we're talking about our will, our emotions. Something inside of us is broken and empty. So we all become the Grinch if we're not careful about how we use our hearts. We feed the Grinch in us grumpy attitudes. And it leads plans for us, just like the Grinch in the book, to make life miserable for us and everybody else around us. Amen. That's what happened to the Grinch. His bad attitude finally led him to come up with a wonderful ideal to steal Christmas. In this case, not just Christmas, but our life, folks. Dressed up as Santa Claus, the Grinch went down to Whoville and stole everything. 
Here's what Dr. Seuss says. Then he slithered and slumped with a smile most unpleasant. Around the whole room, he took every present. Pop guns and bicycles, roller skates, drums, checkerboards, tricycles, popcorn, and plums. He stuffed them in bags. Then the Grinch very nimbly stuffed all the bags one by one up the chimney. Then he slunk to the icebox. He took the Who's Feast. He took the Who's Pudding. He took the roast beef. He cleaned out the ice box as quick as a flash. What the Grinch even took, their last can of Who Hash. If you're not careful, we'll let the Grinch take everything from us. This, this, the Grinch stole everything that he thought made Christmas special for the Who's. And he took it all up to Mount Crumpet, where he was going to just destroy it all. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief coming accepts the steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5 and 8 said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The Grinch in our lives is the thief. He's the lion. He's the adversary. It's the devil. He wants to steal our hearts. He wants to make it small. He wants to make you miserable because your heart's desire is, uh, is, he wants to make your heart's desire for the wrong thing. He wants to get your heart so broken and so miserable. He wants to take, you know what the Greek is trying to do? He's trying to take your heart. He's trying to steal your heart away from your spouse where you can be grouchy and, and be miserable and make everybody miserable around you. He wants to get the wheel and emotions in your life thinking that all you need is your next fix in your life, your next drug, your next drink, that next smoke, that next, this relationship is running out, so let me go find another relationship. He wants to make you miserable in your life. He wants to get you so miserable that you feel heartbroken, and there's nothing in this world can fix the heart. Nothing else in this world can, can fix that emptiness. He wants to turn that heart black and make you miserable, and he's not happy with just making you miserable. He wants everybody else around you miserable. He wants to steal from you and destroy you. He's trying to that he's not going to be happy with just stealing your heart. He wants to crumble it. He wants to make it black. He wants to destroy you. He wants to make us grumpy, frustrated, Unfocused, unforgiving, ungrateful, unthankful. He wants to get all that in their life. I grant you so Christmas. This this time of the year, any time of the year, will you be grumpy or are you going to be gracious? Are you going to be Frustrating, or are you going to be forgiving? Which one we become is determined by which one we focus on and which one we feed. You can feed your grumpiness, or you can feed your graciousness. You can feed your frustrations, frustrations by concentrating on all the wrong things, or you can feed your forgiveness by forgiving everybody you can think of. We feed the Grinch by focusing on all the disappointments that we've had in life. All the pain that we've gone through. When you just focus on all that stuff, 
You feed the Grinch, you become more grumpy and frustrated. We feed the Grinch by holding on to the hurt and remembering all the times that we've been offended, all the times that we've been mistreated, all the times when our life has not gone the way that we thought that it should have been. The more we feed the Grinch, the more our hearts shrink in size. The Grinch's heart was two times too small because he didn't use it. He didn't forgive people. He didn't take time to get to know the who's or allow them to love him. We need to get to know the who. Jesus. We, get to, we need to get to know Jesus and give him our heart and let him grow our heart. Come on, folks. I'm talking about a heart issue today. Keep that heart with all diligence because out of it is the issues of life. What's that saying? Keep your emotions with all diligence. I don't care what you're going through in life. The most important part of you is your emotions. Because if you let your emotions get out of whack, before you know it, you'll be having anxiety attacks. If you, you know what? People talk about people having anxiety attacks. I'm thankful that I'm not one of those who, who, who deal too much with that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I... Instead of getting any anxiety, I have a bad tax, okay? Tell us guys deal with things. But there's guys that deal with that too. You know, anxiety tax and all this stuff, or, or we go the other way, we'll have mad fits and get angry and all that kind of stuff. Come on, I'm talking to the heart today. When our emotions get out of whack, it affects everything around. Your emotions get, get so out of whack that you can get so depressed you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You get, get so out of whack, you know, you'll find you'll find yourself at 12, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and you're still in PJs and you barely got out of bed and you're dragging around because your emotions are out of whack, your heart. And you'll get up mad in the morning because you're so tore up emotionally. You'll, you'll walk around mad. You'll you'll you don't walk around thinking everybody else is mad at you. You're just mad, okay? Emotions are so important. Keep thy heart with all diligence. We can say it another way. Keep thy emotions with all diligence because I'm it or the issues of life. Well, you'll be honest with me. If your emotions get messed up, everything around you is messed up. Everything. You get on the edge. You get edgy. And, and no wonder the Grinch, or in this case, we can say the devil, who, who's not, we can change it to, you know, the Grinch who stole Christmas is the, the devil who stole Christ out of our heart. Amen. Sister Heather, we can get so worried about that circumstance, that situation, that begins to shrink that heart and shrink our spirits to where we just, uh, we just, we, our emotions are so messed up. They were not happy that I'm not happy, so I don't want nobody else to be happy. Amen. This this story, the gracious is so Christmas. This is all about he, he stood up on that hill and watched down there in Hoosville as they sung and had a good merry time. It's like, you know what? I don't like them being like that. I'm not happy, and I don't want them to be happy either. 
Because that's what begins to happen. That's what's wrong with the devil. When he couldn't serve God when there wasn't no devil and got cast out of heaven, now all of a sudden, you know what? He don't like it when we're shouting and worshiping and, and we're smiling and we're enjoying and living in life. So he wants to make your life miserable. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take your heart. He wants to steal your joy, your happiness. He wants to get you hooked on drugs and alcohol and hooked on depression. Come on. You listen to me today. Some people agree reason you're depressed because you're hooked on only reason some people are mad all the time because you're hooked on being mad because when you get mad it creates something inside of you and you live and drive and thrive on it you wouldn't know how to live if you wasn't depressed all the time but they never take the other aspect. I don't know how to live without Jesus. I'm not the perfect example of all this stuff. But let me tell you what. I love him. I like being happy. I don't want to be, be depressed. I like seeing somebody else happy. I don't want to be, oh, you know what? When I'm happy, I like to share it with somebody else. Well, I try to get up every morning. I, I go through my thanking God for everything he's done. And then I begin to search this part, the emotions inside of me and say, God, search me. God, forgive me for my uh, my stupidness. Forgive me for my lack of spiritual. And my, help me, God, for somebody out there that, that I haven't forgiven. Let me forgive them. I got to keep me right. Because the heart, the center of emotions is important. I don't need my heart to be like the Grinches that they choose the eyes of Jesus. So on Christmas morning, the Grinch expected to hear the Who's weeping and wailing, but instead of what he heard down in Whoville was all the Who's singing. When the Who's got up that morning, they weren't sad or angry that all the gifts and food were gone because they knew that the real meaning of Christmas wasn't found in trees and toys. The real meaning of Christmas was to show love and kindness. The real meaning of Christmas was to forgive and live at peace with each other. It was to live heart to heart and hand to hand. So in the classic story, we're given two pictures of who we might be at the holidays and throughout life. Will you be the Grinch? Or will you be the who? Max, in this story, if you remember it at all, it's amazing. Young Max symbolized joy, even in the presence of evil. You'll remember he's the one that got up and seen the Grinch doing what he was doing. Max never let the Grinch keep, keep him from being uh, happy. Seeing the good in life. It's very sad that the Grinch of this life never learned to see life through the eyes of Max. Max tells us, it points to us God's grace and how it's always there for us. God never leaves us alone in darkness, folks. In fact, Jesus come into the darkness of our world to bring peace and joy. That's what this season and all seasons is about. It's about seeing the light that shines in the midst of our darkness and knowing that God is always with us. God is with us when we're feeling bitter and angry. God is with us when we're feeling hurt and alone. 
if we will open our eyes and our hearts and see the joy and the peace that God wants to bring us, maybe our hearts will start to grow. So God works to help us feed the who that lies in all of us. And when we feed the who by loving and giving and forgiving, when we focus our walk with Jesus and take time to worship him, we're feeding the who. During this season of the year, it's easy to find the Grinch because we can get stressed out. We can get disappointed easily. But it's also a great time for us to feed the who, folks. We have special times of worship where we can hear the good news of Jesus. At this time of year, you can find always find a kid that's not going to get much for Christmas. And even if they don't belong to you, you can go buy a simple little gift and give it to a child. You can bring food for like our baskets and give to someone else because all of this feeds the who inside of you and makes your heart grow. You can come bring special offerings like tonight to help get a family get their electricity turned back on because that all helps grow the who on the inside of you. There's stories all around us about people who need in ways that we can give this time of the year. It will feed the who in us. It will exercise our heart muscles just like that brain muscle I was talking about. We exercise that heart muscle by loving and giving. It's a great time of the year to forgive. If someone who has hurt you and that pain is still lingering on inside of your heart, your emotions, how about we just let it go that your heart can begin to grow? Listen to me. Holding on to a grudge, it only hurts us and it keeps our hearts from going, growing. We need to reach out to God, His grace. He's forgiven us and allow that power, that grace, that forgive us to help us forgive others. We feed the who by learning to forgive and letting go of the pain that's stored inside of us, inside of our emotions, our heart from times past. So will we feed the ranch or will we feed the who? Will we live as children of darkness, our children of light? Come on, we're going to put off, put on the uh, old self or we're going to put on a new self in our life. Come on, some of us, we've got to be tired of living in that misery of the Grinch. Come on, there's a better life for you. We need to learn to be an imitator of God and live after a, a life of love, just like Jesus loved us. It's the only road that's going to lead us closer to Jesus and the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. We hear it this time of year. He is the Prince of Peace. And we grow closer to Jesus by growing closer to each other. We need to live this life of the who's, whose faith and love brings peace on earth. 
and goodwill towards men. As I bring this to a close, listen to the last of this classic story. Speaking of the Grinch, he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. And what happened then, well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found that strength of ten Grinches was two. Stand with me today. I hope you don't let the Grinch steal your heart. Because this is what this is about today. Let no sleuth of the devil. The adversary. He's got a list of names. That lion. An antagonizer. Going to try his best to steal your heart. But listen, the famous scriptures, and I put a little pun in here, that whosoever, you catch it, who them, that whosoever, John 3.15, believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You see, God gave us a gift. That's what Christmas is about. The Grinch, the devil, he feels threatened by Christmas because his heart's two sizes is too small. Are you willing to let your heart grow this morning and make room for Jesus? We need to not let the Grinch steal our hearts. Not let the devil steal our hearts. Keep that heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Come on, if you'd be honest with me this morning, trying to have a little fun with, with this time of the year and the Grinch and stuff that's there, we know, we just take things for granted and whatever, but You'll be honest with me today. Your heart, which is the center of your emotions, or I already said this with your emotions, control you. Is it not? Your emotions control you. If you let your emotions run wild, you know why people kill people? They let their emotions get away from them. And I let a moment of anger or a planned, whether it be you know, premeditated or just on the spot, they let their emotions get away from them. You know why people go with depression? Just heard a sad story of one of the, our preachers that um, his, his sister-in-law, Andrea, killed herself yesterday. 
sad. That's why people kill themselves. They let emotions get them. And their heart gets so small, there's no room for Jesus on the inside of it. And they think, what's the use? And they just give up on life. It's your emotions. It's your heart. What's the grand stealing? He's trying to steal your heart. What's the devil trying to steal? He's trying to steal your heart. He wants to suppress that thing so small, there's no room for Jesus or anybody else. But come on, folks, if we could let Jesus get on a hold of our heart and begin to expand that thing and love like we've never loved because out of your emotions are the issues of life. So as the psalmist said, I close the scripture today, scriptures, Psalms 139, 23, and 24. The psalmist, no wonder he wrote, search me, O God. He said, know my heart. Know my heart. He said, try me. Know my thoughts. We tag them two together because emotions and thoughts is together. All right. He said, see if there be any wicked way in me. Then he said, lead me to the way that I ask. He said, okay, God, search me. Make sure. It should be a daily process. Not just in the morning, but all the way throughout the day. Anytime somebody hurts you. Anytime Something bombards your mind negatively that tries to take your emotions and pull them away from anything. Then have a life that's turned towards Jesus. You've got that's why the that's why the writer said uh, said uh, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We've got to let every thought that goes through our mind and we've got to capture that because if he tries to depress us and bring us down or, or suppress us and make us angry, we've got to grab that emotion, get it under control with Christ. It's, it's like everything that comes through your mind, you've got to literally got to grab hold of that, look at that and say, do I need that? If you don't, you need to cast it to the side. We have to. So today, I'm asking us to search our hearts and let's not let the Grinch steal our hearts today. Would you come pray? Would you come seek the Lord? Would you come seek His face and let Him touch our world, our life, and ask him if if he would help us have a heart that's turned towards him. Could we pray up here some more or pray at your seat? Come on. Let's just love him today. Love him today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're mine. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seem like I sing this song a lot on Sunday mornings, but I talk about the heart a lot. This is my desire to honor